Our second reading comes from the book of Acts. In fact, it's the opening verses of the book of Acts, and it will sound familiar to you. It's the same story that we've just heard from the book of Luke. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of God. This, Jesus said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that God has set by God's authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white appeared and stood beside them. They said, Galileans, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then the disciples returned to Jerusalem. When they entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This past week, as we made plans for vacation Bible school and mission trips and Pentecost Sunday, Ascension Day came and went. Now, since our congregation includes folks from a, from a variety of faith backgrounds, including no faith background, it's possible that some of you have frequently celebrated Ascension Day, while others of you have never heard of Ascension Day. Simply put, it's the day that both of our readings described this morning, the day when Jesus ascended into heaven. What Emma read were the very last words of the Gospel of Luke. That passage is the grand finale of how Luke tells the story of Jesus of Nazareth, culminating in the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension, the end. Except that same author also wrote a sequel, what the Bible names the Acts of the Apostles. After the Gospels account of the birth and development of Jesus Christ, Acts tells of the birth and development of the body of Christ, the church. And that story begins where the other one ended. In fact, there's a bit of deliberate overlap, as you heard in this morning's two readings. And this is more than a, one of those you know, last time on Games of Thrones, refresher. This is a reminder 
that the church was established not by people, but by God. And the church's purpose is to be the instrument by which God continues God's mission on earth. Ascension Day marks the transition from the work of an earthly Jesus to the work of his earthly church. And how does this God-blessed church begin? With an interim! <laughs> Not an interim pastor, but an interim time. And we know it's an interim because nobody could tell when it would end. <laughs> Yep, Jesus says as much to his disciples. The timing of all of this is in God's hands. You simply don't get to know that. But, he continues, but you, and here Jesus uses the ancient Greek y'all, y'all will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and y'all will be my witnesses. And with that, Jesus is taken up from the disciples, leaving them standing there. Those first believers in the risen Christ, standing there, watching their beloved leader depart. And thus, the first Christian interim begins. Now, as with any analogy having to do with the unequatable mystery that is God, we've got to be really careful not to push this comparison too far. Morningside has had gifted, faithful leaders, Baron, Drew, Joanna, but they are not the risen Lord. And the transition team, the pastor nominating committee, and I are not the Holy Spirit, though we do seek to be spirit-led in our work. And the next pastor of Morningside Presbyterian Church will undoubtedly be an exceptional spiritual leader whom we are all eager to meet, but whoever that may end up being, it will not be Jesus returned in glory. <laughs> but you, church, y'all literally are faithful disciples who've experienced the departure of someone you've known as a leader, and you now await what's next, wondering, as those first disciples did, when this interim will end. Lord, is this the time? Well, the story of the ascension swiftly swings our attention from when will the interim end to how God wants us to spend the precious time of this interim. Three aspects of the time are mentioned in today's texts. First, the disciples function in community. The y'all Jesus addresses. Second, the disciples received the power of the Holy Spirit. Third, the disciples serve as witnesses to the work of the Messiah. Now, for the record, this is not exactly how they teach you in an interim training, so let's explore this together. First, the interim time is a time for community. Those first disciples, those men and women named or anonymously faithful, those disciples gathered and worked together in Christ's name. And we need to do that too. Throughout this interim, we need one another's presence and perspective, courage and compassion, outrage and honesty, witness and wisdom. Our text tells of those long ago disciples gathering 
as we gather here, called together by faith. Jesus knew that what he was doing when he chose to gather disciples and teach them as a community in order to form them as a community so that when he ascended from that community, they would have one another. He also promised the Holy Spirit to that community because it is the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers a community to do Jesus' work. We are not alone. Not only do we accompany one another, but the Holy Spirit also accompanies us. But church, do we expect that? Do we honestly expect the Spirit to show up? Do we live in a standing-on-tiptoes expectant faith? The disciples gather in their upper room with great expectations, anticipating that God will do something to them, pour out God's Holy Spirit, and then do something through them, enable them to be God's witnesses. Are we living like that? Are you? Are you expecting God's Spirit to show up? Every Sunday before the reading of Scripture, we pray a prayer for illumination, asking that God illuminate our hearing of God's Word. When we pray that, do you expect God's Spirit to speak to you through the reading and the preaching? Or when you pray for this church, do you expect God's Spirit to answer with bold visions of the new thing God is doing here? In our Acts text, it takes a bit for those first disciples to reach that point. Two mysterious strangers have to show up to urge them not just to stare into space. And so, they move forward into being church. Church, I need you to make this interim fruitful. I need the Holy Spirit and I need this community. I need your prayers, not just for your interim pastor, although I do need and often feel, thanks be to God, your prayers for me. But we all need your prayers for the interim time. And we need your money. That's such an earthly concern. But please keep your pledge up to date even during the summer. And we need your presence your heart and your mind and your hands. If you have not been serving in some significant way, do. Like the choir, put your God-given use, your God-given gifts to use in the interim. We're not just to stand staring into space. If you find yourself gazing into the distance, hoping someone is doing whatever needs to be done for God's ongoing mission in this world, now please engage, or re-engage, or stay engaged. And in your prayers, ask what our church is called to be and do. Ask, holy God, what am I called to be and do? because there is lots to do. Feed the hungry, home, house the homeless, visit the imprisoned, heal the sick, work for justice, pray for peace, 
study scripture, share God's love, you know, the work of Jesus that we are called to be witnesses to by continuing it. This interim is a time to lean into the Holy Spirit as she empowers us to do all those holy tasks. But I know how the very holiness of this work and the magnitude of all that needs doing, it could overwhelm us if not for the final images presented by these ascension texts. The gospel that Emma read offers this as the disciples' last image of their risen Lord. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Maybe it's that blessing that propels the disciples forward. As the text puts it, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. We can share that joy because in the midst of Jesus' heavenly ascension, we catch a glimpse of Jesus' hands, his nail-pierced flesh and bone hands. He is not only the one foretold in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, he is also the one born of Mary. And his mom is even named among those gathered in that upper room to receive the Holy Spirit and give birth to the church. Jesus is the one who is one of us. So when we see Jesus ascending to heaven, we know that human life is being taken up into the heart of God. Throughout this interim, throughout the waiting and the wondering and the work, we can know that God lived among us as one of us and has carried the humanity of us into the divine. And if that isn't good news enough, there's also the good news that this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come again. In the interim, we hold on to that. We do so in community. We do so by the grace and strength and power and comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we do so as active, engaged witnesses to Jesus' life and ongoing work. So with all that, let's close with an exercise in imagination. Close your eyes. Go on, because I want you to see not me, but Jesus lifting his wounded human hands to bless you, reminding you that you are not alone, and blessing you commissioning you all to serve as his witnesses here on earth and blessing you, assuring you that the power of the Holy Spirit will be with you in your ministry and blessing you, blessing you with this community, blessing you with an expectant faith, blessing you with all it takes to make this interim a fruitful time, blessing you and promising to return. Now open your eyes. It's time to move forward. Amen.